Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, hello, guys. Brian here with Philip, your lovely next door neighbors. Hey, everybody. Hey, what's, Brian. What's going on, Phil? Welcome back to the house, man. All right. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here. And, and today, you know, we normally come in with a lot more spunk in our in, in our intro, right? I know it's indeed. But today, you it's know, been a we, bit we, of a strange. It's been a stra- it's been a strange week. It's been a strange couple of weeks right now. Uh, a lot of positive things and negative things happening but you know we're just we want to talk about you know something a little it it hits home for you but it it all really hits home for all of us Uh, we're going to talk about the crisis in ukraine yeah i'm glad i'm glad you're willing to do that because i think that it's um it's something that we really do need to discuss and sort of i don't know air out on the show i think a little bit It, it it's uh it's just too big to ignore it, you're you're absolutely right, and and I think we would not be doing any justice or anything uh, with our with our show if we did not talk about uh, uh, such something so relevant as as this. Uh, but before uh, we get there, we would like to uh, hear a word from our sponsor. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. Combining years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales, CNG Communications offers big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. Okay, so, you know, getting into this topic of the crisis going on in Ukraine, which, you know, it's very close to war, like an all-out World War Three. You know, which is what's so scary about all of this. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, it's it's full on war there. You know, in our lifetime, I was born in eighty. You were born in, in 80, 82. eighty-two. So we both went through both Gulf Wars. We both went through all the unrest and wars that all the Africa countries. We both went through um, quite a bit of restructuring of the Eastern Bloc after the Soviet Union collapsed and people were pulling back out and all that. We grew up in the Cold War. And just to be clear, obviously for our listeners, we, I, I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I, I'd, I'd pay attention very little what, like so, eight years old? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a poly sci major up. at like seven years old or whatever, you know. But yeah, you know, I but mean, in, but in, it was happening. I mean, things weren't things were happening. We just you know, I guess now being a little bit older, it's just it, it's right there in your face, and you're yeah. you're a little bit more aware for sure of for sure. what I it's mean, actually affecting too. If you look at the way the Western world is sort of band together and publicly condemned Russia's actions and offered so much military aid. I mean, I know that that you can't directly get involved in this conflict. I understand that. I understand that NATO allies can't. I understand that we can't. I understand that we can't go in with actual troops and planes and missiles and bombs, but we can send them. Yeah. And everyone basically is, at least in the entire Western world. And I can see how that could be. That's world. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it was something, you know, it had to have been really serious when Germany is like, we're going to give you weapons. 
Well, you have you know that. that that that's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal for yeah. them. But hold on, before we jump into too much of that, I, I do want to just say and state out there, um, you know, for the people of Ukraine, you know, we are our hearts are with you. We're sorry this is happening, but we do stand with you um, here as as neighbors. And so we want you all and anyone out there listening to know that we are here um, in just for you. Uh, as as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that I think that the statement "we stand with Ukraine" it's something that is becoming a bit too much of a social media slogan. But but the reality is that we do. We we really yeah wished that we could do more more. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. We we can't understand what what many of uh, of the Ukrainians are going through right now. Um, we just we hope for a swift and and end to this um and and to your safety and, and hopefully that um nato and and everything will will come together and and you know the world will unite with you um recognizing um something unjust you know happening to the people of ukraine you know if you look at how this has gone so far brian i i think that i would love to see a swift end i agree with you 100 percent. i pray for it every day but i don't foresee a swift end unfortunately i think that Putin has made it pretty darn clear that he's going to do whatever he has to do to eliminate the Ukrainian military infrastructure. And there is no outcome, you know, I just don't than, understand why he collapsed the country. There is no outcome other than that. I, you know, I, I just don't understand why he's not being incriminated for war crimes or I, I know they're starting to look at that, but I, I mean, I just don't understand what I, I I'm, there's a reason why India hasn't spoken up. They rely tremendously on Russia. There's a reason why China is allowing this to happen. They rely tremendously on the trade agreements they have with Russia. You can't just expect the world entirely to band together and go, no, this is wrong what you're doing. I'm amazed at how much of the world has been able to band together, though, and do it. You know, if you look at all the neutral countries, historically speaking, since World War II, Sweden, Finland, they're all in on condemning Russia's actions. They're all in on sanctions. They're all in on doing everything they can to make it stop. And in response, Russia invaded Swedish airspace this week. It's scary stuff. I mean, this is... We've we've literally never seen this since the end of World War Two. It is so you know, close. You know, I we are not on the ground in there, but you know, like we mentioned, sending supplies and you know weapons and things to to help them fight the Russians and and defend themselves. Do you think that we're doing enough? Do you think our administration or you know and everything you know with the U.S. they're doing their part to the fullest, or do you no. feel no, um, no. D not even close. I think that the sanctions so far have teeth. They have real teeth. They're a good start. But in terms of doing enough, no. I think that the U.S. in and of itself can go straight for the jugular if they really want to with sanctions alone. You know, you see a lot of the stuff in the news that we like still import Russian oil, for example. It's true. We do. There are cargoes on the water right now with Russian crude oil that are coming to the U.S. that we're paying for. And I say we, right? It's, it's oil companies. It's not a, a we, you know, government-paid thing. 
But we haven't stepped up and said, absolutely not. You can't discharge that oil. Absolutely not. We're going to go ahead and open up, you know, Eagleford and, and we're going to open up. It's like blood diamonds from Africa. 100%. 100%. You know, and we keep on saying we're attacking all the main Russian banks. Well, until you cut every single person in the entire chain off from SWIFT, no, there's more you can do. There's always more you can do. But we're not going to do it. And that's what drives me absolutely crazy. I mean, they're not even allowed to protest the war. Like you said, like everything is controlled there so much. You were, we were talking about earlier, you know, for our, our listeners, I had seen a, a news story that said that you could get put in jail for eight years just for protesting. And, and you, t you just informed me today that it can be almost 15 years. Well, by the time this podcast drops, there will have been a vote in the Russian government to ban spreading misinformation about the war efforts in Ukraine. And that ban comes with up to 15 years in prison if you're caught spreading any misinformation of any kind, along with a up to 500,000 ruble fine, which basically not a single Russian can afford, period. So it probably means your 15-year sentence becomes a life sentence, my guess, because you can't afford to pay your fine. So what they're effectively doing is they're cutting off all the efforts for you know groups like anonymous and, and rogue journalists that are trying to punch through and make sure that actual news and information makes its way into the russian people's hands they're then saying okay if we can't stop that if we can't get the head off that snake we're going to go ahead and make the people so afraid to tell their neighbor about it that they guarantee they won't do it it's, it's a classic tactic, right? I mean, every nation that suppressed free speech since the history of time has done things like this. Yeah, it's all, all propaganda. and and Well, it's propaganda, but it's more than that. It's also just, uh, you know, if you're caught saying, no, what's actually happening is these people are being slaughtered. Yeah, and, and that happened, uh, you know, in the 40s. And, uh, you know, very horrific things uh, came about from that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, it makes me feel better to see, like you were saying, more of the world and more neutral countries or that typically are neutral countries are stepping in to get involved. Um, I'm with you. I, I hope that our country does more or continues, uh, to monitor things that are going on and not be afraid to get into this. Um, I understand the politics of it and you can't, just say, oh, we're gonna we're gonna launch troops into your country and this and that. So I mean, I get that, but anything that they can do to help slow what they're doing down and to help the Ukrainian people, I'm all for. Yeah, I mean, let me be clear. When I say unstable, you know, you you made the the kind of uh, facial expressions and, and and vocal tones that say like, okay, the guy's a nut. Well, I don't know if Putin really is a nut. I'm, I'm not a qualified person to say whether he's fucking nuts or not i'll jump i'll do a snap judgment he's a nut well hang on i think that he's hell-bent right i think he's hell-bent on putting russia back together the russian empire i think he's hell-bent on putting the soviet union at the very least back together i think that he has a lot to prove spoken like a true dictator he, well, he is a true dictator. I mean, that, 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 that's what I'm he's, saying. But, he's, but he's, every person, he's a every, mass murdering, he's a mass murdering thug. There's no question. That's about what I'm saying. That. But everyone, you look at Saddam, you look at Hitler, you look at all these. They all have the similar things in common, and what you're and the patterns of behavior that you're seeing here. Yeah. So for me, I'll snap judgment, and I'm going to say he's a nut. Well, but no, no, uh, 
value for human life doesn't necessarily make someone insane. It just makes them disgusting. Uh, I, I, I'll go, I'll, I'll be, I'll jump on that with you. Right. So, but I, I'm still, I'm still going to snap judgment on it. <laughs> but you, you know, he's, what, he's living in his own reality. So, but in terms of the U S getting involved, actually militarily, right? I mean, the reason why we can is simply because, you know, insane or not, this guy's politically unstable. That means that we don't know if he's going to push a big red button. We don't know that if we actually had a troop, one troop on the ground in Ukraine right now, if he wouldn't have ballistic missiles in the air. But what I find so fascinating about the way we have access to information during this entire tragedy, right, as all the atrocities are unfolding right in front of us, if you look at Zelensky, if you look at the Ukrainian president, and you put him up against... I'm, Let's say, I'm gonna amazing. Applaud right? I mean, that this man. Guy, look, applaud that man. Every single person in the Western world should be looking up to this guy right now as an absolute measure of integrity, of bravery. Oh man, that the selfie that he took in the city at the cap in the capital city, like down to midday, just selfies uh, telling his people, "I'm here." I mean, this, you guy, know, that that's great. That's great. It's, it's, you know, that gives pe the people hope 24 seven bombs going off overhead. This guy has been out in the trenches just trying to lead his people to stand up, right? To stand up and, and victory looks fucking impossible and they are just not willing to lay down. And I really, really believe that the president of Ukraine is a huge part of that kind of collective passion and power they've been able to show against the Russian forces. It's fucking amazing. I love the quote. I love it. I know it's been quoted 10,000 times, but I love it when they were trying to evacuate him out of Kiev. And he said, look, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Yeah. I love yeah, yeah. that. That's how every leader of the entire free world should be behaving in any crisis. Well, in, and the people are reacting because of that, and which is, is great to see. They're slowing them down. They're they're taking on victories that may, many of us or many people around the world didn't think they would be doing. And, and it's not just their military. It's the people of Ukraine. You know, they are the ones that they're making their own blockades and they're you know 100 they're digging like trenches tearing up the roads to make it difficult for you know russian military to make it through it i mean they are they're all doing their part you know which is why you know we say we stand with you we you know we wish we could do more um you know but i do know that there are people out there that are helping get people across the border helping refugees you know um we just we just wish for a, a very a swift end to all of this. Yeah, 100%. And I hope that more and more companies, independent companies from every country around the world, just stand up and do everything they can to help people out, which we're seeing. We're seeing Lyft, Uber, you know, we're seeing every airline offering their support for getting people out of Ukraine that want to leave. Well, that's a great step. It's a great first step to, you know, saving lives. I think it's, it's, it's tremendous. The next step is you don't do business with anybody involved with a Russian oligarch or the Russian government. You, you let, you let the, the snake you let the snake in the garden, man. Yeah, you for the rest of our lives. And listen, my in-laws live in the far east of Russia. I'm sure they're listening to this right now, and I'm sure that they are so angry because all they see in their media all day long is that neo-Nazis and fascists 
run the entire Western world. They run NATO. They run the U.S. They run Europe. It is all Russian state media puts out. Isn't it funny the word Nazi, like, keeps getting thrown around right now? By, and, it's, and it's being thrown around by people who they're, like, pointing the finger at somebody else, calling them a neo-Nazi, you know, when what actually looks, if you look at the, the actions, the ones who are doing the pointing, it seems like, yeah, I mean, Putin is the most fascist It's like, uh, uh, Kettle, you're, you're, you're black. 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 100%. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And what's amazing about that is the emotional um, kind of heartstrings that it plays on. Because, excuse me, in Russia, in Russia, if you're called a fascist or a neo-Nazi, it's like the highest insult that you can call somebody. It's a really, really big deal. That's why it's used so much in the propaganda against the West. It's very effective. If you start calling Western leaders Nazis, Russian people's ears perk up. They start listening. It's a big deal. Very much, uh, very similar, actually, to the 1940s and 50s in the U.S. when you called somebody a communist, right? Everyone's ears yeah. perk up. It's like, you're, you're the most evil you can be. Yeah. Um, it is amazing that the propaganda has worked in this situation. I mean, you look at, again, look at Zelensky. He's a Jew, Right, the Jewish president of a country that they're calling a Nazi. I mean, it just doesn't. I know it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. It, it, yeah, right? it's something that that's why. And again, I, that's why I'm saying whatever they're doing, it doesn't seem. I I, I don't know. It, it it doesn't seem to be working the way they want, and no. the way everything. And and I'm I'm happy, but at the same time, there are still people suffering at the hands of, of their efforts. Well, and not only that, the Russian people are suffering. I mean, we're about to see, we're about to see Russia turn into North Korea. That's what we're seeing happen right now, right? The first step will happen today when they enact this law that you cannot spread quote unquote misinformation about the war. I mean, they, do you think they're even going to let anyone leave the country anymore at that point? Because I mean, you talked about, you know, you have family, uh, your wife's family over there. Do you think that she'll ever see them? I don't know. That that's just scary. Yeah, I don't know. That's just really scary because I mean, you're only you become a prison uh, prisoner in your own country, whether you're in, behind bars or not. I think that it's very unlikely, given how all of this has unfolded, that we will have the opportunity to see my wife's parents in Russia, and I think it's very unlikely that we'll have the opportunity um, to see them here in the United States. Having more of a mutual kind of. Well, I think that would be our only hope. Yeah. And we're kind of holding out for that eventually. Yeah. But right now, you have to understand, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, they're very, very smart people. They're highly educated. They're deeply compassionate. They care tremendously about not only their country and their government, but they care tremendously about their fellow man. You, you so much as, as insult a, a random person in front of my father-in-law, he won't talk to you for a week. How dare you? You don't know what they're going through. You don't know their story. He's incredibly compassionate. But they truly believe because of their media every day that the entire West is a just gigantic monster that is out to attack Russian interests. And it's mind-blowing. You, you, yeah. you can't even have a conversation with them and say, listen, you know, Look around. They've been to the United States five different times for extended stays. And every time, how many Nazis do you see? Oh, you, you, you can't see them. They hide. They hide, right? They run your government. They're behind the scenes. It's like, really, how many swastikas? You know, 
you can't you can't tell them differently. They just won't believe you. And if you start showing them pictures of what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in Kiev right now, if you oh, start, they, they keeps everyone keeps saying there's news. They're saying it's fake videos. Yep. It's it's yep. it's, it's not real. It's, it's not real. Yeah, it's not these real. are not real. Yeah. Not doesn't matter how many images. Doesn't matter. It, 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 it's so terrifying. The propaganda is that effective. You know, we have the second largest nuclear plant right now in Ukraine on fire. It could be a bigger disaster than Chernobyl tomorrow. And if you showed my in-laws those pictures, no, nah, it's fake. Guaranteed. It's fake. Or they would say, I can't believe the neo-Nazis would do that to their own power plant just to hurt Russians. It's very scary. And the second, you know, Brian, we haven't talked about this yet in the episode, but but one of the things that really, really disturbs me about this entire conflict is the vast majority of the Russian military are 18, 19 year old kids, right? Military service in Russia is compulsory. It's not voluntary. So can you imagine they're just having to follow orders? Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine what they've been thrown into? There's no way that these poor kids knew that they were going to be going into, you know, crowded civilian areas and cities and gunning down women and oh, children. Oh, I'm, I'm sure just like everything, they were told, you know, this is for the good of the country, this is happening, and, you know, and everyone, like, like any war, everyone who is fighting believes their cause is the right cause. Indeed, you, you indeed, know? but I will argue, I have quite a few friends in the military here in the U.S., in the U.S. Armed Forces, whether they be active still or whether they be you know, have, have served their country and, and, and done their time. All of them knew what they were getting into. All of them volunteered and all of them, when they were deployed, were completely briefed on what the situation was, at least when they got there. This is not the case with these poor kids, these Russian soldiers. They are literally rolling. It's like, here's tanks, your, here's your objective. Vehicles. Yeah. Make it happen. You know, what happens next? Oh, go, go take out that building over there. Go make sure that falls down. Well, well yeah. And, and when, when you don't have worry a, about it. you have a dictator that you don't, you don't, you don't ask questions. They tell you to do something. You just do it. It's really, really scary stuff. And I'm telling you, I, you know, I can't imagine what it's like being in that part of the world right now. I can't imagine what it's like being on the receiving end of the fighting in Ukraine. I can't imagine what it's like being a Russian citizen, you know, getting little snippets of information that you're wondering, could that be true? Could we really be doing this? And then, oh, no, no, we, there's no way. There's no way we would do that. And having the entire world watching going, I can't believe you don't know. I can't believe you don't know the atrocities, the humanitarian tragedies that are unfolding right now at the hands of the Russian government. So I implore any Russian listener please seek out information. Don't take my word for it. Don't take this guy's word for it. Find it on your own. You still have access. The internet there is still open. Go look it up. Find the pictures. Find the videos. I implore you, just take a moment to make your own decision. Don't accept what 5 o'clock news is telling you is real. Yeah, and and for anyone else, you know, there are a lot of ways to to help. I mean, you guys can, uh, you know, look for ways to. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, things that are set up for the refugees because there's at least one million refugees that have left the country at this point, and uh, many of them, obviously, uh, Poland was is really been big, but some to Romania, you know, Slovakia, Hungary. Um, but we, you know, like I said, we're going to continue to follow and watch and things what's going on. We hope that our government continues to uh, make, you know, progress in, in helping and strides to help 
uh, the people and refugees and the country itself. You know, I, one thing that I, I just want to make sure they stay, you know, our State of the Union, our president gave the State of the Union address uh, recently. And I was, you know, slightly disappointed that, you know, it was a really nice moment when, you know, the uh, ambassador of Ukraine was acknowledged and I, it was really a warming moment and, and, and I really felt great. But I just don't understand why it felt like about five minutes or a photo op and then it was done. It was a letdown. And I, I, and I was disappointed for, for, you know, for our president to do that. You know, O'Brien, I was disappointed too. And I, and I will say that to anybody who hasn't had a chance in the United States to really catch up on this entire situation... Take some time, please. Take some time, sit down, read all the news you can get. This is the closest to the brink that we've ever been. And, and that's why I was so disappointed. I think that you were too. I think that enough consideration wasn't given to how serious this really, yeah, really is. It, it, it kind of felt like, well, that's happening. You know, we're here for you. Yeah, Move, and it, and it move, involves, moving on. Yeah, you, it, you it know, I'm just like all of us. It involves all of us. It really right does. Now. It really does. Yeah, it, it's 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 rough for it's rough for everybody. So, uh, you know, let's let's get a swift to the swift uh, and safe outcome for this. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we need to wrap this one up. Yeah, man. Thanks. So you much know, for taking the time to talk about this. I no need to, to vent a little bit. I, it's an, it's important. I hope that if it's if things are still continuing and moving on, that we continue to talk about this because obviously it's something that we need to find a resolve for. Um, but you know, normally we like to, to go out with a little bit of fun on our music, but for today, we are just going to say, we stand with you, Ukraine, and we'll see you soon. Indeed. Signing off.